Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Shadow of the Beast. But before we get on to Shadow of the Beast, we're going to do some, uh, some feedback. Uh, so, um, Dreamcatcher posted on our blog um, about our previous episode about Speedball Two Barrel Deluxe, and uh, remember how you said, "Did you hear the ice cream guy?" And yeah. I said, "No." Well, you know why? Why the ice cream guy is not included in the CD32 version of the game? No kidding. Yeah, they took that him out. That explains why we didn't hear him. Yeah, so I guess the the crowd is a more realistic when it comes to cheering. You know, the cheering, the background noise. But uh, I always thought that was very. It, that's sort of the games little happy moment people always talk about that and i believe the ice cream guy's voice was one of the guys that won the staff right right yeah. i remember we, we we talked about that last time uh we had a couple comments trey guard 1982 on youtube um and both mentioned um rollerball and um and the movie yeah the movie and, i've never uh, seen that and he said that um that was mike montgomery <laughs> who was uh, you know one of the guys that made the game Said that uh, said that it was a, a big inspiration. Really? Yeah. We may have to check that. Have you ever seen it? I've never seen I've it. I've heard of it. I think it even got remade, didn't mm, it? I don't know. I believe it seems like. It, and you know who I think was in the remake was Paul Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously, the uh, wrestling manager. Okay. Could well, be wrong we'll, on that. We'll what to look that into out. that? Yeah. Um, we also still need to watch that movie that um, that uh, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage sent us. Yes, yes. Yeah. I hadn't forgotten about that. I'm looking chops to get hold of that. Plus the Cthulhu game, but we're saving that for something special. Yeah, yeah. This summer we're going to get to a lot of stuff. Uh, so, um, also, uh, now you said that you'd seen the Roller Games TV series before, Absolutely. Right? And played the pinball machine, too, which is quite good. Okay, so that was uh, that was another mention about, you know, influences. Now, I don't, you know, not direct influences, but these are things that are in that same sphere. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is, I guess that's it. That was our only feedback from last week. Um, Chris Folds uh, posted on Facebook about a new uh, Amiga computer called the Armiga Project. Okay, I think okay. I saw a blurb about that go by. What's the scoop? This is a this is a cool looking thing. All right. Uh, it looks like a disk drive, like a like it looks kind of like an. Um, I don't know if an Amiga had. Did the, the Amiga have a standalone disk drive? That you, uh, yeah, well, whenever you'd buy a spare drive. You mean, a, a, yeah, I've got a couple of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like one of those, you know? All right. Um, but the whole computer is contained within the disk drive. So they've got this thing set up. They've got it's all legit Cloanto kickstarts uh, and everything. And this thing will actually read Amiga disks. You pop an Amiga disk in there, you turn it on, and you're good. So what does it does it have a display outputs and stuff? It's got like? display. It's got um. It's got HDMI out, 720p. It'll display your screen 169 4 4x3. Um. It's got inside. It's got a dual core ARM CPU and the floppy controller. So uh, basically, you know, if you want to have something that um, 
that you can play old Amiga games on, but still have the convenience of having an SD card in there so you can load games that way too. Uh, it also comes preloaded with uh, Android 4.2.2, so you can have you know an Android PC also as well as this Amiga. Emulator. So is this is this running on like Win UAE, like a flavor of that? That's you know it. And this is this is a now what is the board itself? Is this a like a Raspberry Pi sort of affair, or is this a custom board? No, well, it's it's an ARM CPU, uh-huh. and um, it uh, you know I, I'm looking I'm just reading off the notes from their from their site. Uh, it says it's got micro SD card and USB support. New so, games, ADF games can be added through the SD adapter. So it so it reads actual Amiga floppy yeah. disks. To me, that's the most interesting thing about this project. How because, wacky! You know, anybody can build you know a little Raspberry Pi unit that runs Win UAE. But actually building a real floppy drive controller into this case so you can pop a real Amiga disk in there. And you can also rip ADF files from this, too. That would be pretty handy, especially if you've got a lot of custom software that you've made or yeah. pictures or, or songs. It, what, what an interesting project. These are for sale? Yeah, these are for sale. They're, it's it's not, not too expensive, about 200 bucks. Uh-huh. And um, and it basically includes, you know, like I said, you, you get that, that, that unit and it, it'll... It's basically, you know, I don't know, aside from wanting to have, you know, a real piece of hardware, because you think about 500s, 500s usually go for about 200 bucks, don't they? Yeah, thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they say that what they're aiming for is to try and, and, and get something as close to an Amiga 500 with one mega RAM, mm-hmm. you know, as possible. Oh, that is that is quite a project. It's a well, technology, eh? Yeah, where yeah. you can fit all that into one floppy drive. It's amazing. Um, That's crazy. So uh, check that I out. Will. I'll have to have a look at that. That's interesting. I'll post it up on the blog. It's at armigaproject.com. <laughs> uh, what other news do you have? Oh, there was a bunch of crazy stuff this week, y'all. Um, first, I'll get this out of the way. Uh, uh, coming up, they've announced the date and place for the Sensible World of Soccer. Uh, World Cup. Oh, yeah. Now we covered the kickoff to World Cup. Got to cover. Is, is we got to give fair treatment right. to sensible soccer. Uh, August twentieth and twenty first, two thousand sixteen, in the Netherlands. Mm. Uh, they will. Uh, it says PC slash Amiga, so I guess they're going to have uh, the PC version is going to be represented as well. Um, we'll post a link. Uh, they've uh, the uh, little blurb here has the uh, website is sensiblesoccer.de. Uh, so if you're interested in going over and checking that out, but hey, if you're a if you're a good hand and you happen to be near the Netherlands in August, there you go. Yeah. So kind of neat. It's you know I love it that these uh, games that have been around forever. You know, I, gosh, I don't know when I can't remember exactly when Sensible Soccer came out, but I mean it's you're going on what? Tw- 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 uh, well, let's see, 16, 20, 25 years, yeah, 25 something like that years. or more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unbelievable. But anyway, World Cup. If you're into that, it'll probably be a good. Uh, a good item to even watch uh, as well. Um, this is something that just I just saw this come up and I thought it was really wacky. Um, I read this on AmigaNews.de. Love that site. It's, it's one of the best Amiga news sites. Um, Amiga is no longer a registered trademark in Germany. Did you read this, Bo? I did. I, I did read that, and I thought it was very interesting because even though it's still not a registered trademark, you can't just take it because there's right. some other body that is that is in between you and it being public domain. The in fact that body is the European Intellectual Property Office. Ah, you don't don't, don't mess, mess with, with those them. guys. Uh, the uh, uh, 
they have a registration for the Amiga trademark that expires in 2018, and it's valid uh, in all countries of the European Union. So, hey, wait a couple years, go to work, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, odd. I'll, that struck me as kind of kind of goofy. Uh, but uh, um, last thing I've got here that I really want to cover, and this, and this the reason I said this is for last, for the obvious reason that it sort of ties in with our game. Um, slated to be released this month is the remake of Shadow of the Beast. Have you heard about this boat? This is a PS4 thing, right? That's correct. Uh, it is going to be released. It was delayed until March, or excuse me, May 17th. So, in a little more than a w- in a week, uh, this will be released uh, on the PS4. Uh, I had a chance to watch some gameplay footage, and uh, it looks really good. Mm. Um, have you? Did you get to see it at all? No, I I did see it in passing that it was coming soon, but mm-hmm. uh... the uh, the uh, gameplay is sim is well. It's similar with a with a but the uh, the landscape. I mean, obviously, you're talking about state of the art graphics, right? State of the art, blah blah blah, music and whatnot. You uh, still play the same guy. It shows him the video I've seen. It shows him running across this uh, this bleak landscape, sort of like the one in in the game we're covering. This guy has a lot more firepower than the, than the guy in the original Shadow of the Beast. He is gutting suckers as he goes by, <laughs> and I mean. Ripping them in half, heads flying, was, blood splattering, a, doom. Kind of a um, oh, what is that? That uh, God of War sort of. I'd say, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say that's got a lot. I, I've never played God of War, but I've seen, I've seen footage of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is a violent game. Mm-hmm. This isn't something for the kiddies. I mean, this guy's ripping suckers apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, that much said, uh, uh, one thing that just came out today, as far as I could tell. Uh, they announced that the uh, Shadow of the Beast on the PS4 will include the Amiga version. Oh, well, so you'll be able to cool. play the Amiga version yeah. of Shadow of the Beast. So hey, that's a can't lose right yeah. there. Yeah, you know, I so, may have to get one of these PS4s and uh, <laughs> check it out. After seeing your performance earlier, <laughs> no, <I> just, <laughs> maybe I'll skip it. Maybe I'll skip. Just it. watch the video. <laughs> but so if you've got a PS4 and you're really into Shadow of the Beast. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to even, maybe we'll have to have a, we'll have to look at that when it comes out and have, maybe we'll do a little mini review. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'll love to see stuff remade. That's not true, is it? No, you hate the people. I know, I remade. hate when things get remade. But video games, I'm have a little more leeway. And you're taking something like Shadow of the Beast, which was a, a real cult hit, and bringing it back. From what I've read, the guy behind, there was really one guy really pushing for it. It's sort of a labor of love. And he's, he's tried his best to be, um, to be appreciative of the uh, source. You know, and just the video I saw, the game looked fun, but you know, just be aware it's 2016 and people have fun by chopping junk in half and yeah. cutting off heads and blood splattered all the screen. That we live in. And as I recall, blood literally splattered on the screen. I mean, like you could see it run down. It's a violent game. Thanks so. a lot, Moonstone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, if you get a PS4, feel froggy, pick it up, and hey, if you. Uh, if you pick this up on the 17th and you are listening to the show and you want to give us a little mini review or record something, we'll be happy to read slash play it. Yeah. Oh, we almost forgot one thing. <clears throat> I, uh, I'm i not an Apple guy, so I never, ever, under any circumstances, screw with iTunes. Uh, but uh, I just happened to be messing around this week, and I realized that our show has zero reviews on iTunes. So if someone wants to be the first... Uh, 
listener to write a review for us, negative or positive, whatever, <laughs> listen to your heart. But it would be awesome if we just got one review on the iTunes. I don't know how many people that listen to the show are on iTunes. I don't know. If, I mean, we're available there. That's yeah, about all I know. I, you know, looking at the downloads, there's a significant port, portion of our, our listeners are downloading through through iTunes. And so, no kidding. You know, if you wouldn't mind writing us a review, that really helps us in the rankings. Right now, I think if you search Amigos Podcast, we're in the top 20. Um, of course, our name is it triggers a lot of Spanish language podcasts. We're in the top twenty um, of what exactly? If you search for Amigos Podcasts oh, and iTunes, yeah, because I, I looked for it, and I, all kinds of crazy stuff yeah. came up. I had a head and uh, you know the, those reviews are the things that help us float to the top and hopefully get some more listeners. So uh, if you wouldn't mind doing that, we'd we'd really appreciate it. Yes, yes, thank you for your support. Uh, Dreamcatcher has been busy. Posted on the blog always. He's always uh, got good stuff. Yeah, he uh, he he put up a post a couple days ago about uh, two kind of uh, obscure games. The first one, he's talking about product tie-ins, you know, going back to James Pond and the, um, oh, what were those things called? The Penguin the penguin Biscuits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yes. anyway. This, His Pond review, by the way, if you've never read that, that is, <laughs> it's that is a must-read. Uh, he talks about how uh, in 1988, uh, Gremlin Graphics and Chewits. Now, I'm not really sure what a Chewit is, but I'm almost sure that it is the same as Starburst here in the United States. Are you familiar uh, with Chewits? I'm not. I'm I think not, that not that's what they you. are. And um, and so, but anyway, uh, they uh, they <laughs> combined forces to uh, to produce a Spectrum Pac-Man clone. And if there isn't anything that should get you excited about video games, it's a Spectrum Pac-Man clone. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, that's uh, that's one of the things that he wrote about. He also wrote about this. The second game is much more interesting. Uh, it was sponsored by um, The Sun. The Sun is a, a British tabloid, uh, most famous for having, uh, up until very recently... Uh, rather buxom topless models on page three. I've I've heard of that. I, I'm sure you have. <laughs> uh, and uh, this game is called Snapperazzi, and it was kind of um, it was marketed, I assume, as a kids' game, as all video games were marketed back then. But what you're doing is you're you're supposed to be photographing page three models, and of course these models <laughs> are they they are clothed uh, scantily. But uh, but I just thought that that was that was odd, and apparently you know Dreamcatcher did too because he wrote an excellent review talking all about the history of the game and what went into it, some great screenshots and everything like that. So uh, check that out at amigospodcast.com. You know, one last item I, I wasn't going to mention this, but I, I know Boat is a big Atari guy, and I know this is an Amiga podcast, but I saw this and I thought it was interesting. Uh, and I don't know if you saw it, Boat, but the uh, uh, Manic Miner. The classic, mm -hmm. right, has been ported to the Atari XL slash XE. Which is, you know, I did see that. It was all over Facebook. Yes. Um, and I could have sworn that I already had Manic Miner I, on, on my I thought it. I thought it was there. Now, you, you know, we've obviously we know we've got Miner 2049er, right, mm -hmm. the classic. Mm-hmm. And I would have bet a million dollars that it was already out, too. But, you know, maybe it's not. Maybe we're crazy. Yeah. We have to look into it. Yeah. So, Hey, I love when stuff gets ported. Like I said, we just reviewed Karotica a couple weeks ago. Great. Mm -hmm. And, uh, geez, if you're one of the guys porting this stuff, good job. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome to have stuff turn up. Now, if someone out there, some fine, fine person, can just port the original Blue Max to the Amiga, I would be a happy boy. That's all I want. I don't want that crazy 3D You don't want Blue that Max. awesome Amiga Blue Max game? You know, I read, I read a lot about... Uh, 
Blue Max in the past couple weeks. I don't know why. I listened to a podcast and they were talking about it, right? And I guess that was a, sort of a sequel. Some of the same people made it. I don't hmm. mean... It's not well, like uh, Blue Max... What was it? 20... 2001. 2001, Max, 2001. Which, first of all, I didn't like that. Yeah, it was not Blue Max. It was not yeah, as good it as it was Blue something Max. else. Yeah. But, uh, you know, apparently this was uh, the next generation... Allegedly, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd you know, I did an one. Amigos plays video of Blue Max, and it was so bad I never even published. Wow, it. <laughs> could you learn how to even do anything? Well, you know, you're you're flying around, but there's so much, you know, it, there's so much flickering, and the models just look so bad. It's, it's no, it's no wings. Yeah, is what you're saying. It's, it's so much worse. It's so much worse. Which so. is probably why I like wings so much. It's sort of like the 3D version of Blue Max. Yeah, in some ways, yeah. Without and, and, the ground stuff. And Blue Max was supposed to be that. It just, it just didn't. Blue Max did have a great uh, full motion video intro. Yeah, yeah, I did see. That. You know, the the funny thing is, if you, I've got a Donkey Kong uh, for the Amiga, and it was it was a it was a port. Someone ported it over from the C64. And the guys had a list of stuff. I think I mentioned this on the show way, 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 way back. But they had a list of stuff in the intro that they'd be bringing over, or you could vote on, or whatever. And Blue Max was in there, mm. and I've always been like, "Dang, <laughs> you know, why didn't they get to this?" Because they, put, I found something else they poured over. It's like another arcade clone, but they didn't get to Blue Max. So if, if someone out there wants to bring Blue Max over, and I don't know if it, if it was ever out on the uh, the, uh, the Atari ST or anything. I mean, the, I know it was on the Atari computers. It was on the console, but I don't know if it was on anything else. You know why? It was definitely on. Was it on Apple? Did was, Apple get a version? No, but it was on C64. Yeah, now, we, I, mean, I know yeah, that. Could have been on Apple too, but I don't know. Uh, the only ones I'm sure about are, of course, the Atari 800 uh, and the uh, the C64. I'd take that with better music. We'd be we'd be ready. Yeah. And now well, I'm ready for some. That theme tune for Blue Max is not too bad. It's yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's um. Oh no! Wait, I thought it was Hail Britannia or something like that. Something weird. I think it's uh, Handel's Water Music. Is it? Well, anyway, someone will tell us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we leave Blue Max now, and we go to Shadow of the Beast. Ooh. So Shadow of the Beast. This is a uh, side-scrolling platform game that was published by Psygnosis uh, in 1989. So this is actually a later release than I thought. Because Shadow of the Beast is so iconic for the Amiga, I thought it was released closer to the uh, advent of the system. Now, I, I remember when it came out, because I had just seen my first Amigas, and my and a guy popped it in, and uh, you hear that music, you know, mm-hmm. holy smokes, you know, you just hear that, I don't know, kind of pan flute Atmospheric, yeah. Oh my gosh, the music mm-hmm. kicks in, and then that beast comes up, doom, 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 the, you know, it's got the... Uh, the awesome, the intro music, that it's, that's my favorite track mm-hmm. of the whole thing. It's so beautiful. And and they really, it sets the mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a uh, this is a game where you play uh, the aforementioned beast. Uh, I guess you're cursed in some way. And uh, you basically make your way through uh, levels that are uh, both vertically and horizontally scrolling. Um, and uh, it's... Pretty pretty basic uh, as far as the gameplay goes. Uh, you start out with the, the 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 punch. You got the low punch. You got a jump kick. Uh, but later on, you can upgrade your abilities with fireballs or things like that. Uh, it has elements of um, I don't want to see role playing. I guess it does have some elements of role playing because you do have statistics. You've got a you've got a health bar. 
and you can you know, you see how much health you have. Um, when you pick up things, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, arcade games where you pick up food and it tells you like plus two or whatever, something like that. Um, the dialogue is very DME, like they set the mood. There's mm -hmm. a picture, and you. Yeah, and when you go into uh, the one thing that sets this apart from most of the platforms that we uh, we talk about is that whenever you have the opportunity to go in somewhere, it is very arcade like. You know, actually, again, it's just like those Dungeons and Dragons role or uh, arcade games where it has these flashing arrows. You know, go in here, and when you go in there, you don't immediately go into the room you see like this really nicely drawn picture and you've got this scrolling text that kind of tells you where you are and kind of sets the mood. And it makes you really feel like you're more a part of the game than if it just dumped you in a new location. Yeah, it does It does a, it does a good job. Um, just for a little bit of background, I, uh, I read the manual for this. And okay. Then, and then uh, um, nose around on Wikipedia as well, a couple other places. To, and so the, the premise is... The guy you're playing is named, uh, well, basically a guy named Airbron. 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 It's like a brawny version of me. Okay. Uh, is kidnapped as a child, and through magic, he's turned into a monster, sort of a monstery servant of the evil beast lord Maelthoth. Ah, that guy. Maelthoth. 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 Like rolls off talking, the tongue. Yeah, it's like a male slot with a list. Um, basically. He watches a uh, the the uh, Braun watches a guy get killed, and he run, he later recognizes the guy who got killed as his dad, and his memory comes back, and so he wants to get revenge on Malthoth, Malthoth. That's tough. Uh, and after a long arduous journey, I think he might be one of our supporters. Yeah, I was going to say, is this guy from Norway? <laughs> um, he he battle, He basically goes to the game. That's what you're playing him, and the whole the gimmick is. Uh, uh, he wants to be freed from the curse, which is and uh, return to human. Who doesn't form. want to be free of the curse? Man, I'm telling you, I wonder that myself all the time. <laughs> um, something we should mention: this is classic psychosis. Is the box for this bad boy? Awesome art, mm -hmm. uh, and the, it's recreated in the game at one point, uh, and it was done by a fantasy uh, illustrator or uh, artist or designer. Uh, Roger Dean. Uh, uh, now, are you familiar with with Roger Dean's other work? I, well, I've seen his, he's done a lot of stuff through psychosis. I mean, like, what's it? Terapods is one of his. And uh, well, what I always think about with Roger Dean are those classic uh, Yes albums. I don't know if you're oh, a big prog rock yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But he's the guy that did Fragile. It looks and, like his yeah, stuff too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they always had great stuff too, yeah. didn't they? I yeah. love Yes too. For me. me, if you're too. in the right mood, you know, yes throw it great. on. Uh, so, as usual, uh, they did a good job with this. Now, a lot of the boxes of this came with like a shirt, and the shirt would have the, I guess they had the logo. Or I, I saw a couple of different shirts. I'm not 100 sure which. If it came with a picture of the of the cover of the of the, did you see any of these shirts that? It came? I read about the shirts, but I didn't even think to look them up to see what they looked like. These are hot commodities, apparently. Mm -hmm. Uh, as you can imagine, sure. Uh, uh, but uh, not easy to come by. Not not authentic ones anyway. I had to look. You know, I had to look for that. But uh, the art, and we've talked about psychosis. Like, have we only? The only thing we ever recovered from them was. Oh well, we did lemmings and we did. Uh, uh, well, we did blood money, blood money yeah. right? So we've gotten into psychosis pretty well back. You know, in some of our previous shows. But as we've mentioned, one thing that they always did was they went above and beyond. 
and they and they uh, this box was awesome. The art was awesome. When you see the game on the box, you're like, holy cap, got to have it, you know. You know that the developer of this is Reflections, which is probably displayed when it boots up. You know they're they've done good stuff. Uh, they did a game. You know we're, we're going to review this someday. They did a game called Awesome. Have you ever played that? No, but it's got to. I want to. Yeah. Um, this is a game. I'm not going to go into it too much because it's not about Awesome, but a game. It's got cool music and it's got multiple play variations in it that are really interesting. Are we talking about Awesome or are we talking about Shadow of the Beast? Awesome. No, okay. So, but anyway, we'll get into that some other time. Um, this game was two discs, so not bad. No. Especially if you consider what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, it ran on the OCS. Ponder that for a moment. Well, 1989, the ECS hadn't come out yet, had it? In 89, yeah, I think it was out by then. Uh, it, it came out, it was definitely out in 90. So, I'm not exactly, I think, I have to go back and look. Don't don't give me timeline stuff, but for God's <laughs> sakes. I don't know what day it is. Um, the, uh, uh, the guys that coded it, was, you know, your same basic, they did pretty much all the reflection stuff, um, uh, a guy named one of the guys, uh, Martin Edmondson, he pretty much did all reflection stuff. A guy named Paul Howarth, he did all three of the Shadow of the Beast in a game called Ballistic, which is another pretty interesting game. Uh, the musician, let's talk about this guy, uh, David Whitaker. What a stud! He did a heck of a job. He he, if you look at his roll call, it's re- I mean he's done it all. Uh, just to pick out a few things, he did Shadow of the Beast. Alfred Chicken, which is a popular game, Bad Company, Lemmings Two, Gunship Two K. He did both the Xenons. Didn't and, you guys hack the Alfred Chicken customer service line or something like that? What? Isn't your brother involved with something like that? I mean, I don't know what he did. I don't, I've never heard that. Okay, one. we'll we'll leave that for another time. But uh, Whitaker also did one of the games we've reviewed in the past, Fright Night. The music. Oh. What's the opening for that? Was actually the music was really awesome. I remember that. Yeah. Um. It's funny, the review I had, for some, for whatever reason, this is not something they usually put up, but they had the original price of this debut at, which was uh, £24.99. That's what the... So, it's not a bad deal. That's about probably about average, I'd say. I think that's... It's, it's probably, on, for that time, on the upper end of the scale. Now, now let's go through this a little bit, but we... What did you think about the... You, it boots up, you see the opening... It loads, and you see that first screen. What did you think? Because you'd never seen this until this point, right? Well, I was, in some ways, I was prepared for it. Because mm-hmm. when, you know, even though I'd never seen or played this game before, you hear about the parallax scrolling. Right. And I was not disappointed by the parallax scrolling. Uh, it was as parallaxy as you could get. Um, it's it's insane. The, the game moves very quickly. The frame rate's very good. Uh, I like the fact that you are free to explore both to the right and to the left from when you start. You know, most games you just have to move to the right immediately. Right. Um, I thought that the backgrounds looked great, especially the outdoor backgrounds. When you go underground or into a cave, you know, it's not quite as good. You've got kind of a tiled background. It's still better than nothing, um, and it's better than many games, but it would have been nice to see some of that parallax scrolling uh, involved in, in some of the subterranean levels. I will say this. When we reviewed Adam's Family, uh, one thing that was grossly missing was those were those neat backgrounds mm-hmm. that you got in the, on the other versions. Yeah. This proves that that could have easily been sure. done. That was just, they just didn't, just didn't have time or what or the inclination. Yeah. Because there are, the subterranean backgrounds on this were, look fine. They yeah. look good. They look and like, good. So they're, they're, there's not that parallax feeling, but uh, 
There's a lot going on. There's a lot of big, beefy sprites moving yeah, around. Yeah, the sprites, the sprites are well animated. Uh, they're not as colorful as in that many sprites are either one or two colors. Uh, but they are very well animated. When you kill them, it's kind of funny. They just kind of melt away into the uh, the ether. Um, but your hero himself, uh, he he moves okay. Uh, I think he he probably moves about as well as here it comes you're not gonna say lionheart are you well i think he probably he might move better than lionheart yeah um he uh he i don't know i think that uh you run into the same problem that lionheart had and that it's difficult sometimes to kill enemies at ankle height yes <laughs> um which is you know for being a big burly beastly guy you wouldn't think that would be an issue but it is uh your jump kick is um a little difficult to control controls in this game are a little bit finicky but i th they move quickly and I'll, I'll forgive not really tight controls as long as your character appears to move quickly and uh, that was one of the problems that I had with Sodan is that the you know you just move so slow, and uh, this game I think is is a more fair comparison to a game like Sodan than Lionheart because of the size of the sprites. Yeah, I you know, boy, uh, again, it wouldn't it have been great if the Amiga had two buttons? It would have solved a lot of problems in a lot of games because uh, what Boat said, I, I had the same difficulty. Now, of course, I played with my trusty Wicko, and still delivering those. Uh, those ground-based kicks, and, and of course, they love to put stuff in where you are forced to use them. Mm -hmm. It's it's difficult. Now, you can pick it up. You know, I got halfway decent at it. A lot like Lionheart, you don't have a choice if you're going to play the game. You got to learn how to do it, or you're screwed. But uh, the uh, the controls, I thought were they were okay. The uh, the enemies were okay looking. They weren't like they did. The enemies were no, and I'm, what I mean that I mean your run-of-the-mill flunkies that just mm -hmm. came running at you in hordes. It's funny this game. There's almost like a psychosis trademark, where and this game reminded me of it too. The enemies in this reminded me a lot of the enemies in Blood Money. Like for example, you'd have those, uh, you'd have those things that would ring around you or jump up the, you know, and a thing they would sort of ignore the, uh, they would ignore the platform and just they would just go be going through it and. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the bad guys were all just like it was like we we made a joke it was just like a like a conga line, you know da 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 and you punch one and there comes the next one, and uh, all in order you know the, I I don't know if that's just the uh, way they code stuff just to you know, cause there it's if you play a game like Rygar or something or uh, uh, Rastan is what I meant to say guys don't march in like that they they, yeah. know, they come in in different groups and that makes a lot more sense than they just come these in guys in, are in a very orderly fashion they are they just they it's just like i said it's like a conga line of destruction and if you get into the groove you're fine if you don't get in the groove you're gonna be dead before you know what happened the conga line over yeah and speaking of which you you start out this game i think with 12 hits um, which sounds like a ton yeah and it sounds like it's very generous but there are so many enemies in the enemies really aren't even the the, the thing that that is aggravating the aggravating thing are are all of the implements of destruction that arise from the floor yeah. to kill you. Yeah. You know, whether it's spikes or there's a bear trap and there's nothing you can do to avoid it. There's no sign that's you have to memorize you it's coming up. Yeah, some you of basically it. just have to memorize it. And some stuff where like a, a big spike will come up out of the ground or something like that. Or something comes from above. I mean, I can't even tell. I mean, I think they must hone in on where you're at. I can, it's 
it's almost impossible to avoid them. You know, yeah. I, we were when we played the live stream. You know, uh, when you move around, I usually can get into. I usually go left. I, in fact, I always go left. By the time I get to the plate to the tree where I go down, I will usually have about six hit points left. So a half a hit points are gone before I even get to the dungeon. And then you go down in the dungeon, the first thing you come across are these bugs. Well, guess what? They're they're knee level enemies. And you've got to if you're not if you're not ready to go, you're done. Game over. And this game is unforgiving. It has no continues, you get no extra men. There are ways to restore your health. But they're not easy to get to, and there's not a ton of them. There's no save points, which is, I'd say, the main criticism of this game, way, 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 way too difficult. We I always play it. Well, thankfully, the uh, WHD version, which I put on the 1200, has a, you can hit F1, the toggle inv- invulnerability, which doesn't mean you can just run through the game either. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, we just played a game with my... Invo- yeah, you <laughs> can't get even when you're invulnerable, you can die. <laughs> this game is... Uh, when you think of hard, all-time hardest games, this one's right near the top. Well, Psygnosis is probably four out of the five spots yeah. on the list. <laughs> uh, yeah. They hated their users. Yeah. They hated them, <laughs> and they wanted them to die repeatedly. I mean, if you can go through and beat one of these games, I want to shake your hand. And because you're a better man than I am, I can't, I can't. If it wasn't for the invulnerability code, I remember when I had this before, I didn't know about the invulnerability code. I would just get so upset. I would try and try and try. And you, it's brutal. Yeah, brutally. Now uh, we should, probably should mention uh, the bosses. Uh, by contrast of their regular enemies, are you know they're huge, massive, they're, they're bloody. Well, yeah, they're well animated, very colorful. Uh, so you know, there's no disappointment on those bosses. And also, another thing this game will do it. It's more than happy to let you go and look like a jerk. Example, if you go, if you start the game and go right, the first thing you come to is a well. It says in, arrows point in. You're like, I'm going to go in this well. You crawl all the way to the bottom, and there's a locked door, and you don't have a key. And so you leave. And I'm going to trust me, it, it's, it takes about 30 seconds to get to the bottom of that yeah, well. Yeah, it's a deep well. If you keep going to the right, there's this castle. You roll in. Guess what? It's pitch black. You don't have a torch. You're got to go out and get one. <laughs> you know they do these things for reasons unknown. I guess just to show you, hey, you know we can, you know this is non-linear gameplay in 1989. It's also D and D ish. Yeah, it's like, what do you mean you're going to the cave without a torch? Right. Well, you can't see nothing. Right. Except unlike D and D, it's like everywhere you turn, there's a, there's a dragon you basically to get slaughtered. DM, yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, we you know we went over how great the music is. The parallax scrolling is ridiculously awesome when you're on when you're on the ground level. The uh, I've read that it, in some places it's a, a, as many as twelve levels deep of parallax. That's, if you consider what you're running on, I mean this is a, basically a stock of uh, Amiga mm-hmm. five hundred. Yeah. Or uh, uh, or, or, or uh, I think the, I think you had to have a minimum of five twelve k. But uh, holy smokes, can you believe that on a system like that? It's at, incredible. Uh, the measuring stick by which all other games were measured. Uh, but another one of the, uh, the problems this game had is it's not very long. It doesn't take very long to beat it. Uh, <laughs> we say that. It's, I mean, let me rephrase that. If, you're, if, you're, if you know what you're doing and you're some kind of wizard that uh, has eerie powers, you can get through it pretty quick. There's not a ton of content. Again, it's only two discs. Uh, but uh, uh, another gripe against it was that. Now... This game got released on a lot of systems, and I have to say, Boat, uh, looking over this list, 
I would not have guessed this, uh, but I'll read these off. You've got your Amstrad, of course. The Atari Lynx. Would you have, would you have ever guessed that? Well, I'll tell you, yes, because 1989... That was probably one of the biggest titles that was coming out at that time. Just the, the, the but I'm thinking you the know, muscle to run that would be. They must it, have really it, changed it. Yeah, it's yeah. probably not an exact port of um, the Amiga version. The Atari, of course, this they debuted on the Amiga, mm-hmm. so that that was your the home version. The Atari ST, of course, our old buddy. Yeah. C64 slash 128 got a, a version, which is, again, I would assume would be way toned down. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, and we'll go into this in a little bit, the FM Towns Marty. Really? Which, you know, and this, the only reason the FM Towns Marty ever comes up is when people say, hey, the Amiga was the first CD-based 32-bit video game system. And people are like, uh-uh, don't forget the FM Towns Marty. Well, let's face facts, folks. Who the hell knows what the hell that is? Some crazy Japanese machine. Yeah, but, yeah it's, it's a Japanese computer that had little to no impact here. And when we go over these games, where what conversions, I don't think that's ever came up once, has it? The FM Towns Marty? No, this is the first time you've mentioned And we've went over some big games, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the PC Engine slash TurboGrafx-16. I didn't know it was on there either. Super Nintendo had a version of this. Now, it was never released. I was going to say, that I've never seen that. Uh, it was known as Super Shadow of the Beast, of course, because right. everything on the Super Nintendo is Super. Uh, but, and it was never released, but the ROM is out there. It's a finished ROM. Okay. So we have to check it in somewhere. No Acorn Archimedes, unfortunately. No. Um, here's another one. I I can't believe it. Sega Master System. I can believe it. We've got Street Fighter 2 came out well, on the Sega Master um, the uh, the Genesis got a version of this. Now this is a, have you heard about this? Well, this, the, this was the original pack-in game for the second. Yeah, Genesis well, there, it was, it was the <laughs> what a pack-in this was, folks. When they did the conversion of this, um, there was an oversight during the PAL to NTSC conversion, and since the European version ran at 50, at a fifty hertz refresh rate. All the Genesis games have to run at a 60 hertz refresh rate in North America. And the conversion team didn't uh, change the amount of time each frame remained on the screen. And so it made this game on the Genesis run almost 20% faster. It's blast processing. Oh, yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding. Um, No one could hardly beat this thing. It was ridiculous. And so um, eventually Sega revealed an invincibility cheat. In '92, so this so was good. Three years <laughs> after. Well, I don't know when it released on the. Uh, I think the Genesis came out in late '89. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, now the Japanese version, the Mega Drive, and uh, presumably any version that ran into PAL, it ran fine. Mm. Uh, it didn't run like a crazy maniac, you know. <laughs> um, the uh, the Atari ST and the FM Towns Marty uh, uh, versions. Had uh, and some of these others, they had they would have the CD abilities. They would have CD sound. They'd have video uh, stuff like that. Um, Shadow of the Beast one and two were ported to a lot of systems. Shadow of the Beast three, which we'll talk about some of the time, they, it only it never got ported anywhere, which I thought was kind of wacky because uh, the Shadow of the Beast sold real well, uh, and uh, you would think it would have got ported, but who knows why. Um, the soundtrack. Uh, got released uh, on an Amiga mu- a music compilation CD entitled Immortal, mm. which that might be kind of an interesting find if you can get it. Um, 
a different fellow did the music for the second and third games, which is, I don't know why. Maybe the other guy was really busy because he's super talented. Um, the funny thing is he used the same synthesizer that uh, Whitaker used for the original game. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's the exact same one, but uh, <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. The music in the other two is is pretty good. Um, get this: the uh, an Atari eight bit version of this was in the works, but it, the company putting it out got can got uh, ran a business. Oh, I was going to say by eighty nine, the Atari eight bit systems were. This would have been ninety. Yeah. According to they what they've got here. Last legs for sure. Can you imagine an an eight bit version of this? But then again, like well, I said, I've C64. seen sixty four. You said it came out in C sixty four. I know. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, but on the Atari, I mean, you would. Well, if you if you strip out all the parallax scrolling, this game you could port this to you know your trash can. Uh the music though, you'd be completely like, again, gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean. But the SID chip, you know, you could do some stuff with the SID chip. It would be different, but it might be good. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, did you look at reviews on this thing? I was, I was taken aback. <laughs> what did you find? Well, it did not review that well. Um, I was really surprised by this. I'll be honest with you. I looked over these reviews. Now, some of these reviews came several years after it was released, mm -hmm. admittedly. But I'll just go down and... Um, you know, Amiga Format gave it a 78% when they reviewed it in 89. That's that's okay. Mm -hmm. And now I'm guessing the reason they can these things, and I looked over a couple of these reviews, and that's pretty much what they said, really, is it too hard. Yeah. Um, now, Amiga Power reviewed it in 92. They were not kind, and gave, and I read this review, and they were not kind, and they gave it a 53%. Killed it. Um, CU Amiga, 91, 48%. Same mm -hmm. thing. Um they were not happy with the, the uh, ludicrous amounts of super incredible hardness that this thing had in it, and they, they killed it. They killed it dead. So that much said, you know, we both agree that difficulty is way off the scale. How would you rank this? I mean, I well, don't have to give me a— I guess, you know, if you're, if you're looking at it from their perspective, this is pre-internet, and a lot of people, they're relying on this magazine to tell them whether they should buy a game or not. And I would be really mad if a game scored really well and I couldn't get past, you know, minute three of gameplay. Yeah. So I can understand their perspective. Now, would I rate it below a 60? Probably not. I think it's got many redeeming qualities. Uh, I think 78, that sounds pretty good to me. You know, the, it definitely doesn't deserve anything higher than a high C because of the difficulty. But it's very beautiful. It's got great music. Yeah. Um while I'm thinking about it, because we're talking about the difficulty, uh, we don't usually give out cheats, but I'm going to give these out because if someone's going to try to play along with this at home, you need to know these. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're playing the WHD version of this, F1. You get into the game, hit F1 to toggle your invincibility. Uh, if you're playing the plain Jane disc version, uh, to get unlimited lives, hold the left mouse button and the right mouse button, plus fire at the title screen until they tell you to put in second disc. You'll be unlimited man. If it was me, I wouldn't go with unlimited man. I'd go with the invincibility. Yeah. And that is hold down fire plus left mouse button at the final introduction screen where the game's loading. Keep the buttons held until they ask you to swap the disc. So uh, do it. If you're going to play this, if I don't know how many of you guys follow along with us at home, but if you're going to try to play this game, you're going to break out your old discs, you know, unless you're a real stud. Hey, if any listeners out there are really good at this game and can go through it without cheating, I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> if <laughs> anyone's beat this without cheating, 
I will put you on this show, and we will shower you with glory and praise. <laughs> uh, I'll be the first to shake your hand. What's going on with eBay with this game? Did you did you see any any action on there? I did. I did look up uh, what we were doing on eBay on this thing, as I always like to do. Um, <clears throat> there was one copy in the in the states, and it was going for the slim trim uh, amount of ninety nine bucks plus shipping, and that's a lot. Uh, and it was the only copy. So someone was going to work. And I normally would brag on this person, but uh, that's pretty much the, that's the only thing going on in the States. I looked up to see what was going on in the U.K. Uh, they've, they've got two boxes that are going for right about the same price shipped, and they've sold some at that price. So you're looking at some pretty good dough to get this. Now, uh, the boxes I saw didn't even say if they include the T-shirt, so I'm guessing they don't. So... You're probably well, yeah, yeah. Oh, you never know. So every once in a while you'll see something like that creep over these shirts. I looked through the history of this game. Uh, the second one and the third one much easier to get. The first one rare. I would I would deem this as one of our rarer games. You can get the box the uh, the, the discs without the box. You're still looking around fifteen twenty bucks just for the discs uh, shipped mm-hmm. U S. So if you want to add this to your collection and. It's funny because I thought, man, I, I'll tell you folks, every time we do one of these reviews, I'm like, man, I'd love to have that box and that game. And almost every one of them I go up there, I'm just like, it's just a shot to the gut. It's like, you can't afford this jerk. You know, crawl down to your hole, and that's what I do. So this is another one I can't afford, but uh, if you've got this in your collection, you are you're in good shape. How far did you get, by the way, just for... I made it... Well, it's hard to, it's hard to say because you, you're, you're so free-roaming... You know, um, I definitely didn't make it past into any boss or anything uh-huh. like that. So, 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 so I still in the first world. I got. I usually go left. I go down the uh, tree. Uh, I get the. Uh, I get the key. Get the firepower and go up and fight the big freak. I've never been to beat the freak. Now, <laughs> when I was when I had this game in my youth, I could beat that guy, uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I did. I, it seems like I lost interest in this. It was just so hard mm-hmm. that I just gave up. You know, because yeah. I beat the freak without cheating one time, once. I've gotten to him plenty of times, just get slaughtered. Uh, but uh, um, the game is just really hard. Not yeah. to beat a dead horse, but it's hard, folks. So, <laughs> but overall, I like the game. Do I think it's better than Sedan? It's a, it's absolutely better than Sedan, except for the difficulty. Do I think it's better than Gods? Gods is more playability to me. Since we were talking about the comparisons, it oozes everything that I love. Again, it's just it's too hard and too short. Yeah. Well, Aaron, next week I thought we'd change things up a little bit, go in a different direction. We're gonna and... review a Mac game. <laughs> not that far, <laughs> not that far afield. But I thought we'd do another CinemaWare title. I thought we'd do it. Came from the desert. Oh, you know, I've been really wanting to try this one again too, because we it comes up every time we do anything for CinemaWare. That game comes up time and time again. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to that big time. Cool. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Uh, I'm going to do it in song form this time. Oh, boy. There go the sponsors. Colbjorn Barman, Mark McDonald, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, Zach Zimmerman, O'Brien's Retro Advantage, Chad Halstead, Rick Dowdy. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> Don't quit your day job, boat. <laughs> so, if you'd like to sponsor us and be part of my musical genius, then well, uh, <laughs> there goes that sponsorship. <laughs> then give us a give us a shout over at patreon.com slash amigos podcast. Uh, we thank you one and all, and we thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, adios. adios.